have some fun, Kelly? I know exactly where to find it. You entered me in a whipped cream bikini contest? I thought you said you want to get out and have a good time. My idea looks of a good time is not parading around in some dessert topping. It's humiliating and degrading and fattening. Oh, come on. Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else here, get oh, ready to shake it up for the hottest, slipperiest, cool whipping this time in South Florida. You ready to whip it? Judges, now get slathered. Put that can in my direction and I will hurt you. She's saucy, I like, but I'll let my man Justin do the honors. Your BR and J parties? Not all of them, just J. You organized this. I can't believe you. Come on, so believe it. Hey, it's spring break, right? What do you want to see? Can you go completely robeless and just run around naked as one of these characters? The most naked you can get is like a full onesie PJs with like an ass flap for shitting. <laughs> can you open said ass flap and take a shit? No. Damn. I've always wanted a pair of those pajamas. No. Those long johns <laughs> with the ass flap. That's the best. <laughs> if anyone's going to wear it. I don't know how that thing works though, because like it opens downward. So like if you sit in the toilet, that flap just sitting in the water. That's a fair point. I never really thought about it that way. I just think about it in terms of like when there's a bump in the night and something's happening in the village, and you grab your <laughs> candlestick and come running out. Yeah, your cap. Yeah, the old the sleeping cap. Yeah. <laughs> What's the deal with that cap? In no way is that ever been practical for sleeping. Why does a Santa hat help you fall asleep? It's, it's because most of the most of the heat escapes through our head, guys. We get so we gotta cover our heads. Come on. Yeah, but Otherwise why is freeze it? To death. Why is it the most like flimsy fucking material though? Why is it just that know. little with a little ball at the end? You know, that's a good question. <laughs> Uh, why the ball <laughs> why the ball well it's, it, it contains the heat obviously. oh it contains yeah, that's right yeah i see uh, you just look really cute in it that's all <laughs> just look cute as a button yeah you know <laughs> i just like me a little bomb bomb just know? a little flare at the end of my app guys this is uh this is the valentine's day episode of the podcast so uh, uh i don't know what do we say to each other? Just give a firm handshake across the Jitsi call right now? I was going to say, it'd be nice if we could physically do that, but... Happy Valentine's Day, gentlemen. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I, but right before coming here, I went out to, to the Stop and Shop. I got two boxes of chocolate, a card. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what's, the, what's the flower move for you guys? Like, what... Uh, how many flowers are we talking? What kinds? We, we go just straight roses and... You know, don't overthink yeah, Mika- it. Michaela likes roses. She likes most flowers. Uh, for me, I just have to when I, when I'm picking out flowers, I just have to check if they're safe for pets. Right. Mm. I mean, the problem, Nick, that you got to keep in mind every time, and 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 people forget this all the time, but it's a lesson that is tried and true. I'm excited for your advice. I, every rose has its thorn, Nick. <laughs> oh, does it? <laughs> yeah. Every rose has its thorn. In it's my like, experience, they have multiple. Just like every night has its dawn and every cowboy right. sings a sad, sad song. Right. Uh, you, you went to the song. I went to the movie Teeth. Uh, 
two different ends of the spectrum. That would have been a great Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> Next that you mentioned it. <laughs> we got, I've been kind of wanting to do that one for a long time. But. Uh, Mikhail and I are planning to make Rice Krispie treats together at home. Ooh. That's our activity. Nice. And we're going to go eat tacos. Cool. And you're going to do finger painting while you're at it, too? You maybe. Know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my brother's getting married. Uh, congrats to him. Like what? now. Like on Valentine's Day. Wait, what? Huh? I'm confused. They're just, I think they're doing the courthouse thing for now. Okay. okay. And then they're going to have a party later in the year. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Adam, have you considered saving us the trouble and doing the same for your wedding? No. Okay. Mm. No. You, okay. You're, you're, you're paying out the ass. You're, you're a great gambler, Nico. You can, you can afford it. <laughs> uh, by the way, we should mention the ball has begun rolling slowly down the hill, but rolling yeah, yeah. nonetheless for the bachelor party in Toronto. Yes, it has. I, 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 I finally started the group chat. I am... Very interesting. You have the worst bunch of friends, by the way. Yeah, it, this within, is going to be a struggle. About, this is going to be tough. three text messages. I was like, I hate all of these people. <laughs> That's the worst. That's I don't fair. want to be around any of them. That's okay. Well, Ryan, I don't think you'll have an issue with with my 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 older brother. Nor I don't really think you'll have an issue with with Dom. The the, the troublemaker is Steve. Uh, he's the one that's uh, partial to Airbnbs. Steve. This Steve, Steve Perry, the Steve oh, Perry, as a matter God. of fact. Of Journey? Of Journey, yes. <laughs> How'd you, <laughs> you land that friendship? We've been friends since uh, since we were since we were kids. Mm. You, ever, you guys never went separate ways, huh? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Tight neck with the Journey crowd <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> Favorite band, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, listen, any way you want it, Adam. All right. (laughs) You fuck. Not bad. Not bad. Speaking of Journey, do you know who the current bassist for Journey is? No. No. That's right. Randy Jackson, judge on American Idol. What? And do you know who were the top two finalists on the first season of American Idol? Clay Aiken. Nope. Kelly Clarkson and Justin Guarini. Stars of From Justin to Kelly. That was a hell of a segue. It didn't feel forced at all. No, it didn't. No, not even a little bit. It was really smooth. Uh, From Justin to Kelly. That's today's movie. After all these years. Yeah. We're we're finally doing it. Often uh, Lampooned is one of the worst movies ever made. (laughs) Is a multi-Razzie nominee. I think won the Razzie for worst musical of all time, maybe? But uh, yeah, it has a 1.9 on IMDb. It's like in like the lowest, might be one of the two or three lowest rated movies on all of IMDb, which Jeez. is saying something. Poor Kelly. Yeah. Uh, a box office bomb grows to only $5 million on a $12 million budget. Ooh. And starring, yes, the two finalists from the original season of American Idol. One remains a, uh, a relevant pop star and talk show host. The other is Justin Guarini. And the two of you were introduced to the man today. Or maybe not. Maybe. Maybe all are familiar with the Dr. Pepper, it's the sweet one, commercials. Don't worry. Little Sweet brought you some sweet zero-calorie treats called Diet Dr. Peppers. Oh, yeah. That is sweet. Little Sweet defying gravity. Is that Little Sweet? Diet Dr. Pepper. It's the sweet one. <laughs> I only discovered this upon watching the movie because I was like, I know who that guy is. I've seen him around. Where, where hey, that's I... the Dr. Pepper that's guy. That's the fucking little sweet guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
this little sweet. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, the sort of Prince knockoff kind of. Yeah, that's what Justin Guarini's doing now. Mm-hmm. And I thought this would be a great opportunity, first of all, to bask in the romance and the and the the sexual chemistry between these two young Hollywood stars, mm. and uh, to talk a little American Idol because, as you all know, if you've listened to five seconds of me on a podcast before, American Idol, one of the foundational pop culture texts of my life. It's not what it used to be. No, I know that's obvious, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember a time when American Idol was the biggest thing in the country. It was up there with the Super Bowl, baseball, yeah. and apple pie. Like, it was everybody talked yeah. about American Idol for like 11 years, I feel like. For, um, until Simon left. Simon left after season nine, yes. and that's really when. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's when it started sort of dipping, and then it was over after that. Yeah. But I think there was a season where the finale of American Idol was the second highest rated telecast of the year, only behind the Super Bowl. Holy shit. Right. That's how big the show was. And it was covered like a sport. Like it, there, there were post-game shows. and, and It know. existed at a time where people believed their vote counted. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I remember you could vote for who you wanted to move on. There's no way, by the way, that those votes were going anywhere other than a trash bin. <laughs> Probably right? not. Let's be fucking honest. <laughs> was Dominion running the, the voting mechanism at the time? Nico certainly believes that his votes <laughs> counted. <laughs> Dude, I used to get busy signals. This is before texting. This is before you could vote online. You had to actually call. You had to dial in the number. Yeah, that's right. You did. I remember the number would be online. If you didn't get through, yeah. you had to call again. And sometimes they would keep the phone lines open for four to five hours after the show. And you would have to sit there just to get one vote in for fucking Clay Aiken in the season two finale. <laughs> it was crazy. But that's an interesting theory, Nick. You think that Americans' lack of faith in our voting mechanisms are responsible for American Idol's decline. And that's a, that's a fascinating theory. Uh, that's not even necessarily what I'm saying. I'm just saying uh, it was obviously bullshit. <laughs> There's no way any producers of that show were going to leave that shit in the hands of the American people. They're not picking America's next star (laughs) based on phone calls. Are you saying Taylor Hicks is is not America's idea of a fucking pop idol? Is that what you're saying? Yes, correct. The Silver Fox, Taylor Hicks. How did they arrive on that one? Mm. Yeah, that was, uh, I don't know who wrote that plot twist into the script. That was unusual as fuck. <laughs> the writer's room was really running out of ideas by season five. It was all. He was always my dad's favorite, funny enough. That is hilarious. <laughs> Do you want to know why? Why? Because <laughs> he had gray hair. Of course. <laughs> that was the only reason. <laughs> Simon Cowell once described a Taylor Hicks performance and his accompanying dance routine as a drunk dad at a wedding. And that is that is a phrase that has never left me. I use it in several contexts. It's kind of like words to live by, you know. Soul Patrol. That was the name of his uh, fan base. One of the more traumatic moments of my life when Chris Daughtry was voted out in the final four at season five after Elvis week. After an underwhelming Elvis week, everyone thought he was going to win. Chris Daughtry ended up coming in fourth place. And Taylor Hicks ends up winning that season. Mm-hmm. I think Catherine McPhee was the runner-up. Really? Well, that's also why I don't believe 
Because if you look at the actual successful careers that followed American Idol, they were rarely, if ever, the actual winner, with the exception of like Kelly Clarkson. It's kind of like kind of like the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a great comparison. It's yeah. basically Kelly Clarkson and Carrie Underwood. And then the rest yep. is, you know, Jennifer Hudson came, I think, in sixth that season. Chris Daughtry came in fourth. Catherine McPhee came in second. Um, Adam Lambert came in second. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Wow. Guys like that. By the way, one of my, like, party tricks, this is how, like, I pick up ladies at the bar or whatever. I'll go up to them and I'll be like, name a season of American Idol and ask me who finished in X place. And I can, you know, fucking do that. That's a really lame superpower. <laughs> That's quite sad. <laughs> How does that not end with like the, the 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 scene at the end of that one Seinfeld episode where George tries to pick up girls with the sitcom and they're like, this guy just tried to get me with a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> this guy tried to pick me up with American Idol trivia. <laughs> He thought it would work. <laughs> you don't remember that Bo Bice lost to Carrie Underwood in 2005? How about Constantine Maroulis in fifth place? You don't remember him? What the fuck are you talking about? Star of Rock of Ages on Broadway. I remember William Hung. How can we forget William Hung? Well, the funny thing about William Hung is that for years he was one of the most successful American Idol contestants just by records sold. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Because that one record he put out, I think, was like one of the top five highest selling. Yeah, I, I like the show, too, by the way. And, you know, I like really? I liked the show when I when I was when I was younger. I used to tune in all the time. It was fun. Um, I'm not sure I cared that much about, you know, anything going past the auditions phase. There were there were some characters that would emerge in, in the seasons that you grew to be kind of fond of i really loved carrie underwood Mm. you know i didn't see the first season though with kelly clarkson Mm. i think i think i came in the following season with uh clay aiken and ruben stuttered i think my parents did as well i remember sitting in my parents room uh and my options were it's bedtime or watch american idol it's idol time (laughs) right yeah (laughs) so yeah, American Idol was on quite often. Dog pound. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> oh, my God. Those, those any Zoomers listening in, it was either bedtime or American Idol. Think about that yeah. for a second. We're we're old. And then, like, the show with Lionel Richie? <laughs> <laughs> We've been watching it since we were in diapers. <laughs> yeah, I had... All of the... They, they would release at the end of each season the, like, greatest hit CD where each uh, contestant would do a studio version of their memorable song from the year. I got every one of those. I played those on my fucking stereo on a loop. I wore those fucking things out. Did it ever occur to you like years later, like, wow, this person who came in eighth place was actually the best person here just by listening to the album? Uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I have all sorts of fucking hot takes of who should have finished higher (laughs) and like who the low. Of course. Yeah. Casey from I think it was season... 11 i think came in seventh place and i contend that he should have won the whole thing uh the uh but yeah i had that i had every behind the scenes dvd i could get my hands on they would release like these dvds of like the best auditions the worst auditions with bonus footage like because i remember (laughs) i think kelly clarkson's audition wasn't aired 
initially on the broadcast version of the show. They didn't realize that she was going to go on to win the whole thing. So if you watch the audition episode, she's not on there. Many years later, you had to buy the DVD in order to see her auditions because it was never on TV. So, of course, I bought that fucking shit the minute it came out and I would track it. There was one DVD that was only sold. Do you remember Singular Wireless? (laughs) Yeah, I do. The 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 mobile provider that AT and T ended up buying. Yeah, because then they became AT and T Singular. Exactly right. right. They used to be the sponsors of American Idol. You had to, you had to have a singular phone in order to text your vote in. You had to go to a singular wireless store in order to get this exclusive DVD. I made my parents drive me to the store to get this DVD. <laughs> Why did your parents indulge you on all this nonsense? You tell me these stories all the time. Like, oh, I had to, I had to make my parents go to fucking. <laughs> it's always the most absurd shit. Kelly Clarkson had a DVD when she put out her second album, Breakaway. It was like a DVD that featured her going back to her hometown. And by the way, she was like 22 when she was going back to her hometown. And so it wasn't yeah, like this yeah. huge homecoming. But I bought that fucking thing behind the scenes documentary of her first tour. I had all of her CDs, all of Carrie Underwood's CDs. I had fucking Clay Aiken's first CD, goddammit. Invisible, his first number one hit. <laughs> Banger! Rips, dude. Fucking destroys. Had that that shit. Uh, used to get this American Idol magazine. They used to have like these this magazine for a couple years. Had a God, subscription this show to that. is so old. Uh, Just the more we talk about it, it's so old. <laughs> Just a trip through 2000. Do you remember Singular? <laughs> like magazines. Where are you taking us, Nico? What My is this? My first concert ever, guys. The American Idol Live Tour. First concert I ever went to. And you had no interest in, you know, action figures and video games or any of that? No, or women. That's also true. I will say I was thinking about this. I think Kelly Clarkson was my first celebrity crush. Okay. I think she was. Sorry. Yeah, I think she was. I'm really Really? sorry. (laughs) I think that, that was it. Yeah, I had to go back in time. I think, fun fact, I think Abby's first concert was Kelly Clarkson. Really? Not, yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not really, like, I haven't really watched her talk show at all. Oh, I've watched it. Why does she get a talk show? What did she do to... Because she's charming. Yeah, I okay. guess. Yeah. And, she's and on The Voice. She's on The Voice now, that's right. She's on The Voice. Um, I'm glad she's still uh, kicking. Yeah, she's horrible in this movie. Oh, we're going to talk well, this about this movie's horrible. The movie's horrible. But can we just go step by step here? She's awful in this movie. She's horrendous in this movie. But this is one of the funny points I wanted to bring up because I was. Um, What's the point of insulting her in this? <laughs> Who was expecting her to be good in this, though? You know what I mean? This was like a horrible idea from the get go. It is. A, <laughs> it's a movie that she did not want to do, by the it way. Was but she was to fail. Contractually obligated to do it. So that's a great sign. Um but I, I, yeah, she was bad in virtually every way. Wait, how did she get contractually obligated? It was in the American Idol contract. So the idea was initially, not only are we going to give these guys a record contract, we're going to fucking make them Hollywood stars. We're going to make them the Beatles and Elvis or whatever in the 60s. And we're going to do that every year with the winner and runner up. Like there was going to be a Ruben Studdard Clay Aiken movie had this thing not bombed spectacularly at the box office. It was always going to be a rom-com? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I'm sure they would have sort of jerry-rigged it to fit the people. Okay, because that kind of implies that they were always going to make it a man and a woman. <laughs> right. 
a Ruben stuttered Clay Aiken rom com though would have been elite. Yes. Uh, <laughs> ahead of its time. So Simon Fuller, who is the creator and uh, executive producer of American Idol, was like, "Yeah, might we're gonna fucking um, make these guys Elvis, right?" And he gets his brother to write the script for this movie. His brother had previously written the, uh, I guess, cult classic at this point, Spice World, which really? we, we'll cover at some point on this podcast, okay. and has not really done much since. And uh, they also recruit the director of She's All That, a fella by the name of Robert Iscove, Iscove who, uh, after this movie, again, has sort of been doomed to direct-to-DVD, direct-to-video rom-coms. He did a movie with Pauly Shore, I think, in like 2014. Oh, good God. Just to let you know where he's at in his life. Um So they quickly scrapped the whole idea. But Kelly Clarkson, I think, has said publicly, like, she didn't want to win American Idol because she didn't want to have to be Meryl Streep. Like, she didn't want to have to. She was oh. so nervous and constantly crying on the set of this movie. She begged producers to get her, to let her off the hook, and they would not let her off the hook. I mean, I, I, the only thing I'll give her is that, like, I've seen worse, like, debut performance. It's not, like, it's not a good performance at all, but it's not, like, the worst example of this that I've ever seen. I wouldn't even say it's the worst example that I've seen out of, like, other, like, musicians. But that being said, though, a lot of musicians I see in movies are actually pretty good. Like Eminem's mm. really good. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's an interesting one. I thought Lady Gaga was great in pretty much everything I've seen her in. Lady Gaga's <laughs> kind of a different animal, but yeah. Yes, I know. I know. Yeah. She's kind of a theater kid at heart. Well, this extends to my my feelings on our our next character here, um, good old good old Justin. Because while I I, I might be alone on this, I while you while <laughs> while I was not on board with Kelly. Uh, I kind of love that Justin. I, I think totally he's all, agree with you. I think he's pretty good in this. He's by far and away the best part of this movie. I think he's, I think he's pretty good. By far and away. <laughs> now, I was seven when the initial season of American Idol aired. <laughs> yes. I remember vaguely a controversy where he like talked back at Simon, where Simon Ooh. like criticized him, and he said like, well, that's fine. That's your opinion, Simon. But what do you think, America? And I remember the public turning on him because he was this like privileged, you know, uh, uh, classically trained music kid coming in here and talking back at Simon Cowell. Other than that, I don't really remember the Justin Greeny experience. And I can't tell you if he played as corny in 2002 as he does in 2023. I just don't know. I don't remember, but that dude's a fucking cornball. I think of Kenny G when I, I see that fucking guy. Oh, I'm sure. like, that's a black Kenny G. <laughs> but but it's very clear <laughs> to me that this guy has like that theater kid spunk and energy and charisma. And um, I, it made perfect. I, I was like, I was like, am I crazy or is this guy like all right? And then when I found out that he's the little sweet character, <laughs> which is a character i fucking love which is a hell of a sweet one it's a hell of a comedic performance by the way and physical performance i i'm like okay maybe maybe i'm not crazy maybe this guy is okay so i'm i'm team justin here baby (laughs) i thought his dancing was pretty good yeah yeah it's fine i guess her i don't know about her well she was she was kelly yeah he's good (laughs) in the movie again i don't remember if it worked i don't remember what the consensus was 
I don't imagine though being I can't imagine being alive in 2003 and voting for this guy in American Idol or thinking this guy was going to be a movie star because he is such a fucking spindly dork and that hair is ridiculous. But funny enough, he's he's transitioned now. I mean, like he most of his credits currently are theater productions on Broadway. Yeah. And it it makes sense. He did Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, you know, and a few others. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Nick, you seem you seem puzzled, though. I don't know, man. This movie was just fine. It was what it is. Like, what do you? Oh, well. <laughs> now let's be clear. The movie is a flaming turd. The movie's fucking terrible. The movie but it's was also terrible. Like, <laughs> if I tell you, American Idol made a rom com. This is what I expect. If you feed that into Chat GPT, <laughs> right? This is what spits out. Yeah, I think Chat GPT would have spit out a better script. Right. Than Mr. Kim Fuller. Could AI have invented Justin Guarini, though? <laughs> I'm still hung up on this. Guys, what did you think of him? Because, like, you had no idea who he was, right? And I still don't, though, is the thing. <laughs> like, I still don't know who he is. So, no, like, but, like I don't do really... you get what his... Th- like, I don't get his thing. And it, was, it only took this watch. Because, again, I, I saw this movie, like, 20 fucking years ago. And I was a kid. I didn't, like, know what cool was. And cool was... Look at me, right? I think he was High School Musical, like, eight years too early. Yeah, he, he was kind of... He had a Corbin Blue thing going on in High School yeah. Musical. Similar kind of look, but not as attractive as Corbin Blue. You know, well, neither is Kelly Clarkson. If you're going to be fair, like, okay, none of neither of them really look like they're not. They don't have the movie star look, I guess. It hit me on this rewatch and then going back and watching some of his performances on American Idol. And he's like doing like old Motown tracks and shit. And he's, Mm. you know, he's kind of doing that dorky theater kid thing where he's sashaying around the stage. And I'm like, how did this work on anyone? What was the public thinking? Like, did you guys feel that when you were watching him? Like, I think I was too distracted by the movie. Like, this was giving me like nom flashbacks, my guys. This was. (laughs) Also, think about the fact that the demographics of America have changed dramatically, though, in 20 years. If American Idol was brand new today, which it would not work today in today's Mm. TV climate, it just does not work the way it did. It's not working now. Um. But if it was brand new today, Kelly Clarkson would not have won season one. That's an interesting theory because I feel like she's clearly the best singer that's ever been on the show. So that, but I think you're probably right. I think now it would have skewed more. You see all the winners of the last 10 years too. It's mostly white men. It's mostly like young teen bop, you know, cover of Tiger Beat white men. And Kel- the, the the radical thing about Kelly, looking again, watching some of those old performances, is she was actually doing like soul music. She was doing black music, but she was like this white girl from Texas, and it was this really interesting contradiction. And then you had a guy like Justin Guarini, who was a black guy, but could not sing the songs that Kelly Clarkson could sing. Like mm. her probably most iconic performance on on Idol was when she did "Natural Woman" by Aretha Franklin.
she also did respect as well. And there were moments where it's like she's hitting notes that Aretha couldn't hit here. Like it was fucking ridiculous, the pipes that she had. And then you would hear her in the interviews and she was like this sweet sort of Southern Belle, Texas girl. And I wonder if now America's hunger for that that style of music has kind of been satiated, you know? It's possible, yeah. I, I think, too, I think, like, looks, and I don't just mean, like, attractiveness. I mean, just literally, like, the look mm. is going to make a huge difference. I think that the contestants today, every single one of them looks more like a star than anybody on season one did. That's probably true. Just even the 10th place or last place contestant, whatever you want to say, they, they all immediately look like stars. Well, they've, they've been run through the Instagram algorithm, I think, by now. And, and everyone has sort of been trained to do it. Yeah, But that's just how TV looks in general now. Any game show, any anything you watch, everybody on that show looks like a star immediately. It's it, it's been my problem with the Netflix reality shows. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's. And I, you know, I, I defend good reality shows and I bash bad ones on this podcast, but like Netflix to me, the mole is a great format and I enjoyed that season of the mole, but cast real people, you know, right. put, put people that I recognize from my life on the show. Yeah. If I look at the cast of the mole, they're all like, yeah, all of them are supermodels. All of them are Instagram influencers and that's the farm system now. What you know. about um? What do you think? What about my good friend Christian Birkenberger from uh, uh, Big Brother? Was yeah. he a star? Does, did he scream star energy? Kind of had a Justin Guarini energy, actually. You think he kind of does now that you say it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna, I was gonna say like I, I kind of felt like he fit the mold of early two thousands pretty well, so it made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't work now, but uh, I was like, yeah, this feels, you well, know, it didn't work then. Clearly, (laughs) I don't I don't know. Yeah, I also remember being pretty obvious that Kelly was going to beat him in the finals. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I I remember it kind of being like everybody hates this fucking tool, you know, and he just he didn't have the star power that she had. Sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It it just it's tough to explain. Uh, But yeah, Kelly quite bad in this. Clearly didn't want to be there. Um, And yeah, even the. There's there's a funny thing about musicals and the kinds of singers that excel in musicals. And I feel like she, although she is an excellent vocalist, I don't know if she has a great musical voice. You well, know? I've also I've said this for years. I think mm. I've said this on the podcast before. Uh, the music for musicals is not real music. Right. <laughs> it's not good music. Yes. I, I'm just going to put that. I know there's people. I have a lot of friends out there who love musical music. They put on albums. They listen. It's bad. I'm just going to tell you that right now. It's not <laughs> good music. Uh, it is a And if you like that, you're a bad person. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, no, but yeah, musicals are not. It's, it's sing-songy storytelling. It's not really music, first mm. and foremost. It's actually, I would argue, it's kind of its own thing completely. It is kind of its own medium altogether Mm. right i mean uh, let me just put this out there right we can look at a movie and we can look at a tv show and we can conceptualize that they're different mediums but like a lot of times for music it's just uh, music is music right you know there's so many it's not just different genres they're they're music or i should say auditory mediums that have completely different goals Mm. and I, i don't even think they're in the same ballpark yeah and, and i think with musicals too 
it's a storytelling medium first and foremost. Musicals yes, are about is. stories, yeah. and and yes, songs are about stories, kind of, but not fucking really, right? <laughs> Music is not really about a fucking story. And uh, Kelly just puts a little too much, you know, Christina Aguilera flair <laughs> on every note, and she's got the pipes. No one doubts that she has the pipes, but like when you hear her communicating story beats through song in this it's like you're watching an american idol performance and you're not in the actual reality of the movie and i feel like justin was more suited funny enough even though he's not nearly the singer that she is and not nearly as captivating a performer as she is he was i think more suited to you know moving the plot along well i was gonna say as a as a singer, you you mean as a as a as a performer as a singer, not as not as yeah. Compelling I, as, I mean specifically in the I mean also in the acting moments in the in between, but I think specifically in the songs themselves, there's a certain kind of pitch that you have to hit when you're doing musical numbers. You know? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, I I think Justin's better all around in that in this movie. Not I don't know about American Idol, but from a performance standpoint with the songs and the and the obviously the acting we've already covered that but i i kind of agree i mean i never felt like um kelly was um like like telling the story it, i i mean they they didn't they felt like this yeah I, I kind of agree with that they felt like songs they didn't really feel like musical numbers mm-hmm. yeah that's like maybe that's the distinction anyway yeah yeah because they're the performance is cued that way as opposed to like you know yeah, now now my now my head's going because now I'm thinking of like all the stuff that like the classics did with like the Gene Gene Kellys and stuff like that, and I can see him just being like, "Okay, Kelly, honey, you can sing. Yeah, I get it. Now let's start telling the story. Right, settle down. <laughs> yeah, settle down. Yeah, I'm even thinking about someone like Judy Garland in A Star Is Born, who <laughs> puts a lot of mustard on those notes too. It's not like she's ever, and even some of the early Streisand performances like are really over the top. Not in the same way that Kelly does. I mean, she is just innately soulful. Her voice just fucking oozes soul. And I think that's musical theater. I don't I don't think is really the medium for that kind of singing, you know? Yeah, it it was a little uncanny. That very strange uncanny valley effect just by the way she was singing. It is weird how she's clearly the most talented person in the room and yet every single person including the backup back or the the side characters everybody makes her look bad yeah yeah she seemed out of place yeah, yeah. funny she enough did. yeah she had a tough time it was, it, yeah she yeah not like there's a lot of like fucking great actors on the cast here like no <laughs> I, I looked at all the imdbs of all the friends the only girl um, that had a decent career was the, uh, I guess her name is Annika Noni Rose, who's the the black friend of Kelly. Mm. And she she played, I guess, like the princess in Princess and the Frog. And oh, really? Had, yeah, she's in like a bunch of TV shows. She was in Made a couple years ago on Netflix. Oh. But other than that, all these people are just like... Just nobody. <laughs> yeah, just nobody, 15 minutes of fame kind of actors. Yeah, it's a, it's a blending of already like toxic elements. It's a bad musical and it's a bad two, 2000s like boner romance comedy. And I, I seriously, I was like, this is this is the closest you, you get with, with Adam Hall. Um, we talk about this uh, on the other show frequently, but this idea of non-horror horror movies. I was really pinned back against my seat watching some of this. The montage sequences when they're traveling to Miami with the speed up, slow down MTV shots. I wanted. I was like, I literally. I think I said out loud, like, I want to go home. It was. <laughs> it was really bad. I want to go back to the twenties. <laughs> this is. Really 
really frightening. It was I, I I was not having a good time watching this. This is this is a close to breaking Adam movie. So good job, Nico. Um, imagine uh, the alternate <laughs> universe where this movie broke box office records and oh every movie God. was made like this for the next 20 years. <laughs> Oh no! Like, you know, we're in the dark ages of film. Setback film, hundred years. <laughs> yeah, another thing that's hard to ex- describe: the spring break culture. Mm. I mean, that's ob- that's been around since like the '60s. I think there was a movie actually called uh, "Where the Big Boys Wednesday? Are." Big Wednesday. Oh, Sorry, yeah. hell yeah, dude! It's big swell, Nick. <laughs> the best spring break movie. <laughs> that yes. <laughs> it's it's about hey, Vietnam. Hey, college coeds! <laughs> this March, rather than booking your ticket to Miami, just fucking no, it's a tro- it's a tropical yeah. It's a, you know, it's a just a different locale. Yeah, and invite uh, all your buds over and and uh, flip on Big Wednesday. <laughs> Enjoy the fucking swells. <laughs> um. Spring Break's always been a thing, but the way that MTV turned it into a cottage industry yeah. is insane. Mm. It is, it's insane that kids sat around and watched this of just like, you know, Spring Break Live or whatever the shows were called on MTV. Just fucking Mario Lopez and Carson Daly or whatever going to Miami and talking to college kids in bikinis. And that was wall to wall entertainment. That was on for hours every year. What has I, I'm genuinely curious. Um, has this this lifestyle ever been particularly appealing to either of you aside from the hot babes? Uh, well, the, no, not, not even whipped cream bikini. Not appealing. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's fine. It's Jesus Christ. <laughs> I've never been on a spring break like this. I've had other, you know, sort of low key I've, spring breaks, but I've, I've never been on a spring break. Like, yeah, well, nor but, have I wanted to, to be honest. I That was never an urge of yours in college. You never got I mean, like, obviously, I know people that went, but I, I never frankly, I never had the money to go. I think during most of my spring breaks in college, I did one or two week um, international excursions with the school. Mm. There you go. So, like, I went to Japan for the first time over spring break and then the second time over spring break. <laughs> that's that. That's a little more fulfilling, if you ask me. Yeah, I played a lot of Monopoly in my basement. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, it's fucking chaos. Who wants that? It's <laughs> it's loud and everyone's fucked up and everyone's pissing everywhere. There's not enough bathrooms. There's not enough food. It's I, hot. Listen, Adam, people talk fondly about Woodstock. Uh, oh my god let me let me also just say this if i was alive during woodstock i would not have gone to woodstock i know that about myself (laughs) i know this about myself like it's funny like they never they always talk about hendrix doing the national anthem or whatever they never talk about the fecal matter in the fields some of those images are just horrifying have you sort of seen the the people walking from miles out on the highway barefoot just to get to this tight packed little fucking nowhere field yes they never talk about the diseases and the starving children and the feces and the unprotected sex. <laughs> they never talk about any of that. Listen, just another day in San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ayo. 
yeah, no, I, it's not. It's it's never it's never been my thing. Uh, Nick and I went to uh, Fort Lauderdale, where this movie is set once. Um, it was not really the same vibe, I would say, Nick. Right? No, I've been. Well, I've been to Fort Lauderdale like way too many times. Yeah, uh-huh. but have you have you ever had this kind of experience or anything even close? Never. Right. Never. 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 No. Yeah, just not really my scene. You know, one time we were in Fort Lauderdale with the high school swim team, mm. with our coach, just walking the streets of Fort Lauderdale. You know, the public, and uh, there's just a topless woman, just. Just topless. Whipped cream bikini contest? No, 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 just topless. <laughs> did you offer your can of did, cream? Did you offer your can? Is what did you say? No, my coach went, I think my coach turned to all of us and he just went, don't tell your parents or something like that. Oh <laughs> my he was God. like, he was like, this is out of my control. What is going on? <laughs> that's, that's a good point. How do you cover for that? Like, how do you? You can't. I, you can't. I was like, did he try to cover your eyes? <laughs> Don't look. That's Florida. Yeah. That's Florida. Florida's is it's a special place, you know? It's the land of DeSantis. Yeah. It's uh you know, it's a magical place where just there's poverty and extreme riches and retirees and young people and crime and beauty and it's just all wrapped up into one just bag of degeneracy. Right. You'll find drugs in the bathroom and you don't know if it's a 80 year old's medication or a 16 year old's party. (laughs) It's just that kind of vibe. It's a weird thing. It's like you have picturesque beauty, unbelievable sunsets, and then you got a fucking 7-Eleven that just got robbed an hour before, you know, and they're within 20 feet of one another. And that's kind of the magic of of Florida and the magic of this country, frankly. Um, Yeah, but that that is kind of, you know, it's not not been for me so are you saying this is a good florida film no i actually do think this is a good florida film (laughs) no yeah i think this movie kind of sums up what florida's like is it we have a lot of california films we don't have a lot of florida films no we don't we got a lot of new york films right where's our florida representation all right. All, well, what is it? Scarface? Is that all you got? No. Nah, well, Tangerine, the Florida Project, I guess. Like newer Spring Breakers. Film. Spring Breakers. Yeah. And then you got this. Um. What the hell's that movie that I no, saw? No, there's no more. Adam, stop naming. You're hurting <laughs> my it. argument. Oh, I'm sorry. Shut up. I apologize. <laughs> You're hurting uh, my argument. Out of sight. <laughs> out of sight. Stop it. Perhaps the best Florida film. Fucking dope ass Florida film. J Lo in a Dan Marino jersey. Better than Scarface. Scarface, great Florida film. I don't think it's as good as Out of Sight. Wow. Um, Exit through the gift shop. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on, guys. What's that movie with the... It was... It was <laughs> Nick, we're just going to fucking spend an hour doing this now. <laughs> Movies that take place in Florida. <laughs> fucking um, the James Bond movie with Timothy Dalton. That's a... Uh, um, yeah, uh, License, License to, to Kill. Kill. Yeah, What's, the Scarface of, of James Bond movie. Hell yeah. yeah, love that movie. What what the heck is that movie that was made on like a Reddit page or a Twitter page or whatever? That was based. The script was based on that, and it came out like oh, two years. um, uh, yeah, uh, oh shoot, Zola, Zola, yeah, Zola, yeah, 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 yeah. How about Magic Mike? I like Matt. Yeah, oh, is that, that a, is that's that a actually, Miami movie. That movie's Miami as fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Moonlight. Good one. Florida movie? I guess it is a Florida movie. Um, yeah, no, I, I would say that this is 
a bad Florida movie because it is a bad movie. That's what uh, I, I would say. Yeah, um, any any little plot things we want to talk about here? Um, the, you know, li- li- there's there's a ton of like little stupid things. Like they're just subplots that have no reason to exist. Like the like the nerd subplot. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know what's what that's doing in the movie. It, didn't this movie feel like it was uh, written by somebody who's stuck in the 80s? Yes. Ooh. It felt you know very I mean? much. Yes. Like an 80s sex comedy. Yes. Right. You got the nerd and yep. the jock. Even the hot cop felt like an 80s thing. Oh, yeah. It was. It's Didn't like it? right out of like Porky's or something. Yeah. Yeah. I particularly liked the moment where Justin <laughs> called Kelly a player. You've been hot and cold. First you're blowing me off and then you're leaving these messages. What, what messages? What messages? This is exactly what I'm talking about. And you accuse me of being a player. Well, you're the one playing games with me, Kelly. You know what? Game over. That was pretty yeah. sick. Yeah, that's a good line right there. That was a big bomb. Very, very, <laughs> very. <laughs> she really told him. You know, the stakes really didn't work in this movie because, again, there's no chemistry. I don't believe for a second that these two know each other, let alone <laughs> like each other. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Even though they like had spent a lot of time together, they you know they they were in the trenches of American Idol together. Well, you got to remember they were mortal enemies that entire time. That is true. I suppose yeah. that's true. Yeah, they were at each other's throats. It's kind of like the Lakers and Celtics in the eighties, right? You know? Yeah. How, how many um, how many strong relationships have you formed in the span of like I don't know like sixty seconds in a bathroom with people? And then wanted to pursue them. I've never had a good interaction with anyone in a bathroom. <laughs> I've really? never had a positive experience. You ever. of all people seem like you meet most of your friends in a bathroom. <laughs> you would think that. Yeah, I would. Yeah. At the AMC bathroom. Given the kind you- of people I surround myself with, you would think that's the only place you would find them is at the urinal. The problem is you don't bring a cup with dice. In the bathroom with you, so you can roll it under the stall and start a start a game of Yahtzee. Spare a square, Nico. Just one square. Oh, never a positive experience. Can you imagine if uh, we played uh, Words with Friends in real life the way we do on our phones? I pull out a Scrabble board under the just any time. Because I only play that when I'm shitting, guys. I don't know about you, but like, let's be real, dude. The amount of Candy Crush levels I've gotten through on the shitter is astounding. Right. Yeah. It's like a superpower. It's like a boost. Yes, of course. You can, only play, you can only play well. Yeah, you're focused. Some of my best crossword puzzle times have been on the toilet. Absolutely. Yeah. My best Wudoku is on the toilet. <laughs> that's, my, that's my game. Oh, don't even talk about Wordle, man. Ooh. The only time I ever got a one on the John. I've never gotten a one. Wow. Not yet. Um, Got a couple twos, but that's it. Here's another thing I'm nostalgic for. When you used to have to have magazines by the toilet. That's Mm. a 2003 thing. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? I used to have at my home. I used to have a magazine shelf with, uh, you know, People Magazine and shit. We still do. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's how... Hank Schrader discovered Walter White's true identity, you know? <laughs> no more magazines after that. Yeah, <laughs> that was that, it. that might be when it changed. <laughs> people, people don't want to get caught. 
Uh, yeah, I got some good reading in back in the day. I know. <laughs> yeah, so Justin Guarini plays a guy who's organizing he's spring like, break. Yeah, he's Mr. Spring Break, right? Yeah. He's got a buddy. They started a business together and they're, you know, it's basically Tools Incorporated, right? And they they get a bunch of girls together and they get the party going. Right. Basically, imagine the guys who are trying to sell NFTs but 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Like like the guy that was on TikTok saying you better have a Lambo by the age of 25. Right. These yeah. guys listen to Joe Rogan. Sure. Ooh. No, it's beyond that. They like they like listen to the Paul brothers. I kept thinking of the 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 Fire Island jackasses. Yeah, sure. That whole that whole crowd of people. Yeah, one of yeah they they would start something like that. The what sure. Firefest? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Fire Festival. Uh-huh. This movie could use a little Ja Rule. Oh my god. <laughs> ja Rule would have bumped this thing up a full star. It's a movie yeah. too, by the way. That's like ripe with like cameo potential, and there's like nothing. You're so right. Not a single one. It is indefensible that Paula Abdul is not in one of those flash mobs. Oh, my God. That's a great point. It's indefensible. Yeah. You know? What if she were the cop? Why wasn't she the cop? Thank you, Adam. (laughs) Randy Jackson could have been a bartender. Simon (laughs) wouldn't have done it. We know that. But it's right there. Simon Simon Cowell was in that uh, fucking uh, scary movie three. He was. and And he gets shot to death. Yeah. And you know what else he was in? What was he in? He was in Shrek 2? On the Shrek 2 bonus features. I knew it. Far, far away idol. I knew it. Another DVD oh. I owned. And yep. another thing I watched on a loop. And the next far, far away idol is. No, you've got to be joking. Nope. It's me, everyone. For what is a man? What has he got? If not himself, then he has not. Can Simon sing? No. No. Okay. (laughs) He also can't judge talent, but that doesn't stop. No, (laughs) that's also true. (laughs) Have you seen him on America's Got Talent recently? You ever flip that on? No. So here's the thing about Simon Cowell. On top of the world for about a decade. One of the most famous people maybe in the world. Yeah. And incredibly wealthy. Incredibly he was rich. more famous than Ryan Seacrest during the peak of Easily. American Idol. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, he was right. I he mean, was American Idol. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, incredibly wealthy, had an empire of television shows. Remember, he had the X Factor for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, he started the Got Talent franchise. So he got a paycheck anytime they aired an episode of that show. And then like the X Factor kind of floundered and American Idol went off the air and he's kind of just sitting around being like, what am I going to do now? And he's like, all right, I might as well judge dog acts or whatever for the rest of my life. So he's been on that show now for like 12 years. He's been on that show longer than he was on American Idol. Not mean anymore. Just like well, doing the nice doing guy thing. After, during X Factor. As soon as he got off American Idol, yeah. he stopped doing the mean thing. What happened to my childhood hero? Did he have kids? I think so, yeah. No. It was an act for American Idol, and he didn't want to do it anymore. I think he had a kid. I want to believe. Yeah, I don't think that's what it was. I think it. I think it was an act, and it wasn't an act for me when I was mimicking it. Okay, at the age of nine, at Nick. All right, when I was brutally honest growing up, he was brought on to be the mean one. Yeah, that was the point. They weren't. You think they were going to get 
fucking Paula or um, Randy to be mean. Well, by the by the way, little little carry over here. The the mean one on uh, Dancing with the Stars, also br- old British dude. Len he's Goodman. Gone. Len yeah. Goodman's gone. Yeah, the he's, the Piers Morgan. Remember, he was on America's Got Talent for a while. He, he was? was the mean guy on there. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was the trope. That was the archetype. As a British person in American, you know, entertainment, you either have to uh, play an American and do a good American accent or be mean. Those are the only (laughs) two ways to be successful. Like, that's Gordon Ramsay. Same deal. Basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you got like Hugh Laurie, American accent. Mm -hmm. Those are your options. Uh, Sad. You want, I'm going to show you a picture to see if you can make this out through the webcam. Is that Sinead O'Connor? Is that Look. you as a child putting your thumb down like Simon Cowell dressed as Simon Cowell for Halloween? I legitimately thought that was Sinead O'Connor. Oh my god, he's wearing a black <laughs> t-shirt and jeans like Simon Cowell. He's, oh he's Simon Cowell for Halloween, Adam. That's fucked up. How old are you? Like nine. <laughs> Holy oh. shit. Do I smell thumbnail art for our website? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Guys, you don't understand. Oh man. It was the only impression I could do. Well. Out. Now, of course, it was just generic British guy. <laughs> right. I thought that was awful, you know, which is But that. you knew the lines. You knew the lines. That was dreadful. That was, you know. <laughs> Absolutely dreadful. Guys, you don't fucking understand. <laughs> like <laughs> I made like Simon Cowell my spirit animal as a child. Like that was my ethos. Oh, God. Like I watched that. You know, like you watch like a celebrity. Like you'll look at Warren Buffett and I'll be like, you know what? Like finance. That's my fucking ethos, dude. That's the bedrock of my personality. I was like, you know what? This puts mine brutal honesty. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna live my life just being brutally honest at all times. And I had no friends because of it. Like that's this is why you want to know I have a podcast with you two right now. It's because of this. It's this photo. Okay. In 2004. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh, boy. That's how much it pains me. I see him now. And like he sheds a tear when like a five-year-old with cerebral palsy sings somewhere over the rainbow. It's like a cool. Who is this guy? It's the real man behind the curtain. My whole life's a lie. I modeled my, model, my personality after this dude. <laughs> you thought that was the real thing? Yeah. <laughs> All of American Idol was fake. You realize that? No, I'm learning that now. Paula Abdul was doing coke under the table. <laughs> she was, actually. That- <laughs> she literally was. <laughs> she definitely was. <laughs> I think she actually was. There was one season where she fucked a contestant and they had to kick the contestant off. Which is not, you know, really not the approach. Yeah, not his fault. Right. I'm yeah. not going to turn that down if I'm him. Exactly. Like if I'm, right. Who was the contestant? No, you kick her off. It wasn't Sanjaya, was it? No, no. <laughs> I think he he had to be kicked off during the Hollywood stage. Oh. Because they slept together during the Hollywood stage, and they yeah they kicked him out. It's like that wasn't in the rules. That wasn't in the code of conduct. <laughs> right. Yeah. He could sue for that. <laughs> Don't you kick the judge out? Don't you? I also think it was kind of crazy that there was a contestant that had naked pictures leaked online. There was like a sex tape that leaked. Oh, my God. And they kicked her off because of it. What? And it was a huge controversy. They kicked her off. This was, again, 2005. And I just think now, like, 
think about how much has changed, you know, in a short time, really, 15 years, 20 years. Damn. Anyway, what else about this movie? We got to talk about Alexa. her motivation uh well the plot demands a villain mm. yes <laughs> that's uh, right the plot demands obstacles the plot demands uh obfuscation <laughs> and any good rom-com there must be uh miscommunication of course absolutely and what better vehicle for that than uh a person literally sabotaging the movie. A blonde bimbo. A psychopath. No, yeah. she's a <laughs> right. <laughs> she is a psycho. She's a psychopath. There, there is there is a horror film version of this movie where she kills them both with an axe. I saw the horror movie, guys. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> no, that's the good version, Nick. This is the horror version. <laughs> yeah. Kelly Clarkson's best friend is this girl Alexa. Who, uh, you know, she's kind of a, she's loose. The thing is, though, it's a PG rated movie. That's the other fucking annoying yeah. thing. It's an 80s sex comedy in PG family friendly form. So all of this, like, race Two movies we mentioned. Yeah, two movies we mentioned already. It feels like, like you said, Porky's. <laughs> Literally, like, that mixed with High School Musical. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, exactly. But, but none of, like, the Disney Channel charm of High School Musical. Right. You know, so you have this weird thing where the rating it's like she's trying to get with the guy. So and all the kids at home are like, what does that mean? Get with the guy. You know, like they can't make any of the racy jokes. There's like one line about Kelly being from Texas and there are big things in Texas. It's kind of a dick joke if you squint hard enough. Every girl's bathroom has a secret escape door. Girl, my hair won't even fit through there. I'm from Texas. But other than that, like it's it's just this very family friendly, like middle school kind of drama, interpersonal drama about spring break, basically. <laughs> so Kelly's getting close with Justin and Justin loses her phone number because when, you know, it, uh, Kelly tossed it out the window and it fell in a puddle. I like how she wrote her phone number down on a piece of toilet paper yes. and then threw it immediately straight into a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, call Great me shot. and shucks it in a fucking river. <laughs> like, So, you know, Justin loses the number, has to go to Alexa and Alexa, just a, just a real troublemaker, decides mm-hmm. to give her or give uh, Justin her number mm-hmm. and they begin a texting relationship under the guise of it being Kelly. Um, so, yeah. So she starts texting to Justin in the old 2002-2003 text speech where they take out all the vowels and leave like two letters. See you later. I think it's spelled letter C, letter U, L, number eight. Back then, people were afraid that cell phones would make kids illiterate. Mm. And I understand why. But I'm glad we don't do that anymore. Yes. 
Mm. I'm glad that this is not a staple of chat anymore. People now just type out sentences. We use punctuation. Oh, yeah. We capitalize the first letter in our sentence. I use commas. Yeah. I, I've used a semicolon before. <laughs> you know, thank God. Yeah. yeah. We're not still in this age. We're not stupid. I was texting with someone a little older. Mm-hmm. Used GR8 for great. Ooh, what? Listen, there was a necessity back then, right? You had to press, if you wanted to type that in, you had to press, like, the number keys six times or whatever. Mm. And also, weren't there fees for, like, the number of texts you sent? And if a text was too long, it would send us two. There was a necessity for this Mm. once upon a time. Mm. You know, how much time are you fucking saving? I don't know. Maybe he has, like, a Blackberry or some shit still. I don't don't fucking know. If you still have a QWERTY keyboard, like, a fucking things sliding out of your phone right <laughs> I, I feel like here. doesn't apple make it hard for you though if you try that shit oh like auto correcting yeah G- like mm-hmm. it, it's a nightmare for you right i figure you would have liked it for like the fate of the furious reference or something um yeah i, I dig it <laughs> i, I <laughs> dig alphanumeric speech absolutely I, I was trying to come up with the best um uh uh there's like movies that have numbers in them Yes, like, we were talking about this over text a couple super weeks ago. Super eight, super no, that not a, like that. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, like, like, uh, scriforum. Oh, like seven, scriforum. Uh, yeah, seven. Uh, scream M six. So Nick, this is what fucking happened. So I don't know if you've seen the new Scream trailers. <laughs> yeah, I did. It's uh, Scream takes Manhattan. Right? That's right. They do this revolutionary thing, and it was sitting right there for the fucking taking, Adam, and we never saw it, and I felt like an asshole for not seeing it. They stylized the M with the Roman numerals for six. It was blew my mind when I saw it, you know? It's like, God, I could have fucking invented the iPhone. And they could have done it for four and five, too. Exactly. They did do it for four. They do it for four. Uh, They don't do the Roman numeral, though. They just do the number four for the letter A. For the A. Well, yeah, Yeah. no, but that's not what I'm I'm saying. No, the Roman numeral's sitting right there. They could have, yeah. Wow. Sitting right there the whole time. So Adam and I then had like an hour-long text conversation trying to figure out the best alphanumeric title. Absolutely brilliant. The last two titles for the Scream movies have been brilliant for this very reason. We were talking about how uh, the new the Scream 5 is the best use of the single, you know, reboot name instead yes, of like... the the identical uh, reboot name. Yeah. Like Halloween 2018 versus Halloween 1979, exactly. yeah. Yeah, because we usually criticize it, but if it didn't do it in Scream 5, it would have made the movie worse. They actually incorporate that into the plot of Scream. Yes. <laughs> and it annoyed the shit out of me when we saw it. Anyway, this is what Adam and yeah, I talked yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's see here. Did you have any, like, favorite music? So oh, we should actually explain what happened. So Alexa... Oh, decides yeah. uh, that she wants to get in between Justin and Kelly and she, you know, devises this this scheme. She gives him her phone number and claims it's Kelly's. That's right. all. Yeah. So and then she just texts him as Kelly to sabotage things. Yeah. Just to be like, I don't want to hang out. Actually, sorry, not interested. And the two of them continue to go grow closer together. And Alexa continues to push even harder for them to uh, split apart. She's not very good at this. At all. Well, it's actually incredible serendipity, though, because like she times there was a there was a kiss that she and Justin shared for about half a second at a bar at one point. 
and Kelly happens to walk by at that exact one second. And had she stayed for a second second, she would have realized that her eyes had deceived her. But all of these things, no one ever thought to put the pieces together. Wait a minute. I didn't text you two days ago. What was that about? Right, right. You know? Yeah, I think that especially the way the director, the the artistic decision to um, show the kiss from the angle of uh, Kelly's point of view where – Justin totally leans in for the kiss, and it's a very romantic kiss. But then when they cut back to Justin's point of view, he pushes her away immediately. It's very clearly two different shots, but it's it's obviously meant to represent the perspective. Mm. It's filmmaking, guys. It's a Rashomon kind of thing. You got you have to yeah, like that's that that that's 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 the beauty of cinema happening right before our eyes, and from Justin to Kelly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, really good, really good uh, stuff. Very very good stuff. I love it when she's just like some of the dialogue too. I mean, I've already talked about how much I love the dialogue, but um, some of it just doesn't line up for me. I love when she's she they're in the bar. Some of it doesn't line up. Some of it doesn't line up, guys. Some of it's a little. You know, little some of this like, dialogue just doesn't work. There's nothing I love more than that. It's a little uh, a little questionable. Do a second pass at this one. Um. <laughs> Just like lines like, oh, you need something wild. And then te- 10 seconds later, she's just like, I just don't want you to get hurt, Justin. I just don't want you to get hurt. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just so concerned. I know you so well. We've only Watching talked a master once. manipulator at work there. <laughs> just, what is this? Did you like any of the musical numbers? They They're- were all forgettable and horrible. Mm. I forgot there were musical numbers in the movie. Yeah. Some of them were just like jukebox musical things where they were like the uh, vacation all I ever wanted. Vac- that was the opening number. And I think they sure. close with uh, what song do they close with? Casey and the Sunshine Man. Yeah, oh, that's why I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the way I like right. it. Right. In between, though, there was like there was a weird ripoff of Staying Alive. They kind of just stole the melody of Staying Alive, but it wasn't Staying Alive. I thought the boat ballad this weirdest thing I mean obviously this movie is devoid of all sense of romance but that (laughs) being the scene where she kind of falls for him didn't really ring true they don't even look at each other. They don't even look at each other. Isn't that the best metaphor for this movie? Like, fuck this movie. I hate, girl, I, I, I kept wanting, like, a, a tsunami to hit this resort and but, wash everybody away. Yeah, she's also, like, very morally against the whole spring break party vibe. And, like, they never come to reckon with the fact that this guy has built his entire career off of exploiting women <laughs> right. and young men for spring break. We should mention the whipped cream bikini contest. Uh, Kelly was entered into this. Uh, against her will. Against her will. But she doesn't actually go through with it. But right. uh, there are women standing there with just whipped cream over their uh, their nethers. Um PG. Yeah, so it's it's that kind of that kind of vibe. That's the, the business that Justin Greeny is in. And he just basically goes like, I'm not like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Every line is, I'm not like that. She understands me. She's different. I just, oh you my God. You don't know her. It's <laughs> just repeating the she same She doesn't know line. you. You don't know you. Speaking of people that don't know each other at all, uh, I did want to talk about, um, what the fuck was her name? The, the How Kayla- is that a segue, Adam? It, no, no, no. The <laughs> character's not knowing anybody. Because nobody knows each other in this movie. 
Um, Adam and my cousin Johnny. Yeah, two, two guys <laughs> that don't know each other. That's true. No, the fucking, the Kayla and dishwasher romance thing. Oh, sure. Was very fascinating to me. Oh, yeah. He took her to like a Cuban nightclub and that was like the most magical moment of her life. I was a little creeped out by the guy because he kind of dumps her and then she goes away and he has no idea where she's going or where she's hung up, what the hotel she's using. And somehow he finds her room and he shows up like all dressed to the nines to go out to this club. And she's conveniently dressed up as well. Yeah, I found that scene hilarious where she's like, he just approaches her door and she's sitting there alone, like sad. But she's wearing a nice dress. pink dress ready to go out. I was <laughs> <Exactly>. like, okay. <laughs> All right. Something's happening here. Uh, that, that whole relationship made absolutely no sense to me. So Worked out, though, in the end. They got together. None of the relationships make sense. Mm. Least of all, the cop. <laughs> yeah, so there's a smoking hot cop. Yes. Female cop <laughs> that's just yes. patrolling the beach. And that old, like, it's it's basically a porno plot, you know, of she's walking around spring break, making sure that everyone is behaving themselves and she's giving out tickets, yep. uh, particularly to the, the one kid that's that's running the show that is the, the douchiest of the group. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, eventually, after all of the minor misdemeanors he commits, uh, the cop shows up to a party and she is no longer in her uniform. And she begins uh, making out with uh, the guy. Well, as you know, as a female cop, what you do is you keep giving tickets to somebody to see how much money they have. Mm. And then once you've determined that they can afford all your tickets, then you know. So she's breaking in the husband? Yeah. I see. She's got the handcuffs already. Mm. Right. So what else do you need? Um... (laughs) Yeah, there's also, yeah, as we said, the nerdy guy. I think his name is Bernard or something. Oh, he, yeah. He's been on a message board dating an e-girl, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and he he promises to meet her in Fort Lauderdale. And the whole week they're searching for each other and they, they almost cross paths. It's just a so close but yet so far a situation for a week and then finally at the end they bond over their love of Star Trek and oh God, this movie's so bad guys start necking this movie's so bad I, I uh, <laughs> why did you why did you do this there's also <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah the, and then of course Justin and, and Kelly get together and, and by the end of it Alexa has just admitted that she she sabotaged the relationship and she's like, I'm so sorry. I was jealous of you. And then she ends up like telling Justin the whole story and everyone forgives everyone. And they start dancing at the end flash mob style. I just love it was like it was like a scene out of like wet, hot American summer where she she literally comes in like screen left to say I was right or you were right and I was wrong. You guys belong together. And th- that's it. And then she just leaves the frame and we don't see her again. She doesn't even walk off. She just floats off like a fucking wraith. She just like fades <laughs> into the background. Mists. Yeah, I actually thought that she might have shot that scene on another day. Probably. <laughs> kind of felt like they cut around it. Yeah. Oh, we needed her. We needed these lines here. Yeah, there's that weird boyfriend who thinks that the nerd is sleeping with his girlfriend and he comes in and punches him in the face. Uh,. And then they end up bonding. It's like this weird homoerotic thing. Too. But that's also never resolved. Because the nerd is like, I don't know your girlfriend. I don't know who you are. Mm. That's not my name. Yeah, just a guy that comes into the wrong room. 
I swear to God, for for like for like the first like ten seconds he was on screen, I was like, "That's Trent Reznor, isn't it? What is Trent? Re- <laughs> <laughs> what is Trent Reznor doing in this movie?" And my, I couldn't have been happier that it wasn't him. I was, I, I would have lost so much respect for the guy. <laughs> Any other thoughts about from Justin to Kelly, dude? I've been running on empty. <laughs> <laughs> For a while now. One of the worst we've ever done. Is it an early contender for some Wattatties this year? What do you think? Cer- certainly. I, is it the worst yeah. we've ever done? It's not this. The problem is it's not like the special bad. But then again, like. Not even the not even the so bad it's good bad. I'm just talking about like it's not even the bad that's like interestingly bad. It's just badly bad. Just as yes. bad bad as it gets. Yeah. In that sense, it's, it's up there. The biggest shock about this is that they should have known. That this was not going to work from the get go. Like there was nothing about this that screamed it was going to work. Kelly knew it wasn't going to work. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, these guys—they're riding on on such a high after that first season of Idol. Like it was such a phenomenon right out of the gate. I mean, it, you look at the ratings; it wasn't as big as it would become several years later. But they knew right away this was probably going to change the game on TV. And, you know, it's like, you know, nothing but net. You're going to keep shooting threes, you know, you're going to keep chucking them up until you miss. And uh, at least this one bombed, you know, at least like it didn't make its money back. And then we would have been stuck with fucking, you know, Fantasia, the movie. And I don't mean the Disney movie. I mean, the winner of American Idol season three. (laughs) But like, why didn't they? That being said, there was a Fantasia movie. I just remembered that. Wait, about her? <laughs> there was a movie called The Fantasia Barino Story, and it was on Lifetime. But here's here's the thing, right? Like, after American Idol, they had the clout. Why didn't they get a good screenwriter? Why didn't they get a good director? Why didn't they actually get professionals on board here? It was just fucking move it along. Get it done. Let's, let's break by but lunch. But what's the point? What's the point of making a movie that is going to bomb? Nick, this is the this is the whole podcast that we do. This is the show we've been doing for eight years, Nick. Yeah. From their perspective. Yeah, I know. Hollywood does stupid things. It's a stupid business. <laughs> I, don't get it. I don't get it. It's run by a bunch of morons. That's that true. make things like from Justin to Kelly. This happens all the time. This is not an exception. This is the rule. That's true. This is what That's we're trying fair. to get to the bottom to. It's a stupid business run by stupid and incompetent people. That make random decisions. <laughs> it is crazy if you look at all of the people involved in Hollywood and then you actually look at the percentage of them that are actually good at what they do. It is insane. Nick, Pauly Shore was a fucking movie star for five years. <laughs> right. We just did this a few weeks ago. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is the business. And oh, it was the 90s. Oh, it was the 2000s. No, it's happening now, too, guys. It's happening now. Yeah, it's 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 quite bad. Somehow this feels stupider. <laughs> Still, <laughs> it's just it's so. But I it's it seems stupid to, because to, to us it's like how could this ever possibly be good? Like, there's that weird energy that like Pauly Shore has, and like I've seen some of the Encino Man clips. It's like all right, maybe this guy's got <laughs> something. I don't know. Let's let's try to tap it, and they do. Uh, Such an obvious flop. It is. Yeah. Guys, happy Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. It was fun spending with you guys. Mm. <laughs> uh, what do we got down the pipeline here? Um, Cocaine Bear coming Cocaine to theaters Bear near you. is coming in two weeks. Uh, we might have had something planned for next week, but now it's escaping me. 
You know what, Nick? How, how about, don't you have that Rotten Tomatoes coffee table book? Yeah, I do. You want, you want to take, you want to pull that thing out and just let's, let's pick something? It's going to pull something up. Absolutely. Uh, Nick, I say random page. I say just flick through and then, how about maybe we, uh, Adam, uh, name a number. How many, yeah, how many between, pages you got in that uh, book? Okay, I'll do this. Yeah, okay. Up to 213. 213? All right. Page uh, 52. 52. 52. Bella Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla. <laughs> 1952. <laughs> All right. There it is. <laughs> what? Coming Quote. next week. <laughs> to someone not steeped in B-movies of this era, it might seem like an incoherent message from Mars. <laughs> Bella, Lug- Bella Lugosi meets a space gorilla. No, Brooklyn gorilla. <laughs> meets a Brooklyn gorilla. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. A horror film that will stiffen you with laughter. Okay. Bella Lugosi wow. meets a Brooklyn gorilla coming next week on Why Is This a Thing? Get so ready. it's not Dracula. It's just Bella Lugosi? Playing himself, right? Is that what this is? I think so. A bargain basement... Martin and Lewis trapped on a jungle island with a mad doctor played by Bella Lugosi. What? Wait, wait, what? And guys, here's the best part. 74 minutes. Love it. Yeah, all right. That's it. That's the one. That's the black and white. You're welcome. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Chef's kiss. This is my idea. (laughs) Yeah, Adam, you can take all the credit. (laughs) Sure. Whatever you want. Happy Valentine's Day, you lovebirds. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.